Welcome, everyone, to You Can't Handle the Genre. I'm Indigo McLeod. And I'm John Ortegon. And every month, we pick a film genre to break down. And every week, we pick a movie under that genre umbrella. And this is our first episode, the inaugural episode. It will go down in the books. Uh, this is the first week of our week of our month, uh, rather, <laughs> of horror. And today's film is one of my favorites and also one of John's favorites. It's the yes, uh, 1980 film, The Shining directed by Stanley Kubrick. Uh, it's adaptation, of course, of the famous Stephen King novel written and direct, uh, written by Stanley Kubrick and co-written by Diane Johnson. Um, so, John, how did you first come to The Shining? Well, I saw it when I was really little, um, and I remember being deathly afraid of the twins. Not like, you know, a crazy, crazy scare. I'm having nightmares and stuff like that, but I just, it always got me the way it, the shot blinked. I didn't understand it when I was little like that, but when it would just blink and I'd see twins in the hall and then, you know, all of you, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. That always scared me. And when I actually went back to watch it for real, for real, when I was way older than that, um, I was, I was dreading that moment, but oh my God, just, oh, it's so beautiful. Not that scene in particular, but it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I don't remember exactly when I came to it. I also came to it when I was, like, really young. I remember, because I've always been, like, pretty big into horror. And I know, like, my mom never was, like, pretty restrictive on what we could watch. So, I mean, I've watched Rated R since I was, like, five years old. So yeah. I've seen a lot of great movies that I wouldn't be able to if my mom was pretty restrictive. Some, sometimes I'm like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have let me watch that movie because um, <laughs> I have some nightmares. But yeah, The Shining, I think maybe besides The Exorcist, which I also saw as a kid, was like my first favorite horror film. I just remember being uh, terrified <laughs> of like just the yep. images. Like I love seen especially when i was a kid like fellow kids and like horror movies um and like jack nicholson just going fucking crazy <laughs> was oh, yeah. always uh like one of the highlights of rewatching it for me as a kid and even now as an adult it's just him going crazy just always made me unsettled and just like the mm. images the death and like the blood and yeah it's it's my favorite horror film of all time. And I just rewatched the, uh, the exorcist the other day, just so I could like remind myself like, okay, which one is which, oh, yeah. but yeah, the shining it's, uh, it's number one. The shining is a fantastic film. It's not my number one horror, but it's definitely one of my favorites of all time. Um, and I actually, now that I think about it, my dad is actually the one that showed me the shining when I was really young and um, I remember he used to always, always quote the here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. <laughs> yeah, that, that scene <laughs> when he's just breaking down the door. Uh, God, now that shit gave me nightmares. Just I thought like someone was just going to come and uh, like kill me and my mom. I remember <laughs> after I like maybe like our first or second time I saw that, I thought they were just going to take an axe to the door. Um, and it's funny how you say that because. 
I mean, I remember reading uh, about The Shining and I saw that, I guess the, when Jack breaks down the bathroom door, the props department had to build a stronger door because Jack was like a, Jack Nicholson was a volunteer fire marshal. So he tore that door apart uh, really, uh, really easily. So yeah, <laughs> they were like, we have to reinforce this. He's too strong. <laughs> Cause I remember as a kid and just growing up, I was like, I'm wonder, is that like a real door? Cause I wonder like how many takes you could do. And supposedly he went through like 80 doors, I think I saw. So, which makes a yeah. lot of sense. Cause Kubrick well, was considering uh, it's Kubrick. Yep. <laughs> considering it is Stanley Kubrick. That makes, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. It's like, if it's not a hundred shots, I don't want it. <laughs> oh, it's, it was, yeah. Just a tremendous, tremendous scene. Honestly. It, would you say uh, that is your favorite um, this is your favorite Kubrick movie. I, that is a tough question for me in particular. Um, it was my first Kubrick movie. Um, even, even when I grew up and watched him over again, it was my first one that I really like watched and like understood. Um, I'm a big fan of sci-fi as well. So 2001 is very just, so good to me so if if i had to if i had to pick one i'd probably say 2001 but i mean the shine the shining is great yeah i um i i like i like the i like 2001 i want i wish i could see it like in like 70 millimeter just so i can get the full um how it's supposed to be seen um thing that i feel like some movies like should be seen like i i saw lawrence of arabia um earlier this year and i i have a 4k tv and it was phenomenal like it just like <laughs> it was one of the most beautiful movies shot wise i've ever seen in my life like i almost cried uh during one section because because of the uh score and the cinematography in the desert but yeah 2001 if i get a chance to see it in the theater i'm definitely going to take that because. Uh, I, I've seen it one and a half times, and I feel terrible for saying this, but the one and a half, yep, yeah, the first time I saw it was on my laptop illegally, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) I regretted it so hard because I was I had my headphones in, and I remember, like the opening is just like black, and then the music starts to slowly rise. So I thought there was just terrible audio with the video, so I turned my volume all the way up. But then, like, the score just, like, comes in so hard. And I'm just like, ah, my ears. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I fell asleep halfway through because I watched it late at night. And I thought, you know what? I'll just rent it, watch it when I'm on my television, when I'm uh, fully rested. And I did. I-, I thought it was, like, very interesting. Like, I didn't really know, and I still don't exactly know what it's – about and i guess it's about multiple things because you know you have the uh stuff with the apes and then you have the stuff in the future and how and i liked yeah the how stuff a lot that was that whoever does the voice for that is just so amazing just like open the pod oh no no that open wait isn't his name jack open the pod bay doors how but then he says like i can't do that jack or or whatever his name is i forgot but yeah no, yeah i mean the film itself has tremendous like rewatch value so it's 
one of those movies that you you have to rewatch like to even understand even a bit of it and to really grasp like all of the amazing shots that are in it and everything Mm -hmm. it's 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 got the rewatch value there i mean but that's stanley kubrick you know shining i could watch the shining any day same at all it's funny because a lot of it's like you know it's not like a lot of shadows which it's kind of funny like almost like how like midsommar um from last year like it's not shot uh mostly in the darker and shadows like most horror movies are like a lot of it's like pretty open uh just like the shining yeah. and uh the shining and uh midsommar they're both like open midsommar is more outside but it's like a lot of light so i think it's really impressive and like it's very difficult to make a horror film that's not you know made in those traditional uh, like guidelines oh yeah i mean as i'm sure we will definitely get into in this episode um room 237 there's nothing dark about it you see everything and you don't want to see everything no and uh actually like so on um the filmography of uh kubrick uh because i know you said so 2001 is your favorite i've not seen because usually uh he made 12 feature films I feel like a lot of people don't talk about the first two. I have not personally seen them. Uh, Fear and Desire uh, from 1953 and Killer's Kiss from 55. Um, I also have not seen, uh, actually, I've not seen the first uh, six because uh, I've not seen The Killing. I haven't seen Pass of Glory. Uh, I started Spartacus once, did not finish it. I haven't seen Lolita. But I've seen everything after that besides Barry Lyndon's because it's insane actually how uh, close all his films were compared like to later in his career. Because like Fear and Desire was in 53, Killer's Kiss was in 55, The Killing was the next year in 56, uh, Pass of Glory was in 57, Spartacus was in 1960, Lolita in 62, Dr. Love, um, which I have seen, uh, which is from 1964, 2001 was in 68, A Clockwork Orange was in 71, Barry Lyndon was from 75, The Shining from 1980, and then that is when you get the pretty big gaps, because the next film is Full Metal Jacket. That's a whole seven years later in 1987, and then 12 years later for Eyes Wide Shut in 1999, his uh, final film, which he actually did uh, get to see. Uh, well, he, sorry, he did uh, finish because like sometimes depending on uh, where you are on the internet, you might hear like, and that was his last film and he died before it was finished. But no, he actually did put like the final finishing touches on it before he submitted it to the studio. So he did finish Eyes Wide Shut. But yeah, yeah, which I just saw this year and I, I really liked it. Like, it's really, really weird, which, you know, that's Kubrick anyway. I mean, yeah, no, you come to expect it. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is a very interesting film. Eyes wide shut. I mean, Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. So yeah, I was expecting more, uh, Kidman in that movie. than I thought there was going to be, I thought it was going to be like, uh, Kidman Cruise all the way through. And it, it was for a while, but then, after he he goes on his uh, little nighttime uh, odyssey and he she is gone except from his mind with certain yep. uh, certain uh, fantasy uh, hate scenes I guess in his head. Well, if I if I if I remember, uh, we see quite a bit of of uh, 
Nicole Kidman in that movie. So. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> she she. We, yes, we do. Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> and it was so weird that they were married at the same time. Like. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kubrick. It, uh, Kubrick. Yeah, you. We can go all day on Stanley Kubrick himself. I mean, with a Clockwork Orange alone as well. So. Yeah. I mean, it. He's just such an interesting and just unique director. Is he? Because I think he is mine. Like a lot of times, I'll say my favorite uh, director uh, alive at least is uh, Christopher Nolan. But I think maybe all time, I think Kubrick might be my favorite director, even though I haven't even seen uh, technically uh, half of his films, <laughs> yeah. which is really same. Weird. I mean, same here, but I mean, I, I don't know where I'd put him on my favorite director's list. I mean, you know me, I'm a sucker for Christopher Nolan, yep. but Nolan. Uh, you gotta love Nolan. But, I mean, you can't at all argue that Stanley Kubrick is among the greatest directors of all time. I mean, with the methods alone that he used in his, like, for his talent in the films and everything, it's crazy. Yeah, and it's, it's funny because, obviously, he's such, like, a, an amazing, well-known auteur like we get all these amazing different films. Like I think that's another reason why I like him just because all of his films are, have some things that are similar. Obviously like every director has their trademark, but genre wise, like all of these movies are different. And <laughs> he is probably one of the most notorious directors for kind of treating his actors. Well, kind of like shit or however he wants just to get the yeah. performance oh, out yeah. of them, which as an aspiring actor myself, like, I think sometimes it's cool having that little push, but like things like he did, like eyes wide shut, I guess he, um, he kind of wanted to keep Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise, you know, like I said, who were married in real life separate. Uh, and he would give them different directions just so they would kind of be angry at each other for real. So it would be a reflection of, of their characters, which in a way is smart, but also it's like, did he break up this marriage? Like, I, I don't know. Cause I know a lot of times he would treat Nicole like shit yeah. sometimes. And I, but which goes back into the shining. Cause like, I feel like it's notorious how um, like cruel he was to Shelley Duvall who plays Wendy. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, yep. And you see it in the film as well. And, but you get that reaction, True. you know, you get that reaction and it's like on film, it's, yeah, like when you're watching Shelly do it in The Shining, it's 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 like crazy. It's like wow, this is really really good acting, and because it wasn't acting at that point in time, honestly. But I mean, uh, Stanley Kubrick actually did that with Michael McDowell for A Clockwork Orange, how he has the pet snake. Um, he Michael McDowell was deathly afraid of snakes. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Yeah, he was deathly afraid of snakes, um, and they put. Stanley Kubrick, like in his hotel room, put a snake in it and without telling him. And Michael McDowell got super, you know, scared and, and pissed off at Stanley. And he's like, you got to get comfortable with him. I mean, he's not <laughs> wrong. It's like his methods. Yeah, it's just like, because uh, I, re I remember hearing like uh, Shelly Duvall's hair, I guess, started like falling out because of the stress um, during and after like, the, that she like was dealing with after the film so yeah it's it, it, it's hard because it's like one of my favorite films of all time it might honestly be in my top 10 
but it's it's weird knowing like all these behind the scenes stuff because like i i love the performances and i love what he got out of them but at the same time i'm like ah dude <laughs> like I, yeah. you shouldn't have to do this really to get an actor to do this like like um one of my favorite scenes just ever um has to be when um jack uh and like was when shelly um <laughs> shelly <laughs> when wendy uh sees uh the typewriter um which i love that shot like it's a shot from like right below the typewriter oh, so yeah. you just see her coming into frame with the typewriter already there and that's when she discovers that he's been writing the same things over and over <laughs> all work oh, yeah. and no play makes jack a makes dull jack boy, a dull boy. <laughs> fucking i it just i i wonder how long it took to make those because there's just so many there's so many <laughs> yeah and they're all different yeah. so it's not like they could just copy and copy you know like every single page has a different layout and a different way it's written a different format it's crazy uh, yeah I, it, I yeah i just I, I love when jack uh comes in uh <laughs> and uh he's just i just i just love how it's almost all in one take like it cuts back and forth between them but i just love the walk from there uh where the typewriter is to like the complete opposite side of the room like up the stairs uh because like probably one of my favorite quotes is like when uh when wendy's just like i'm very confused i just You've had your whole fucking life to think things over. What good's a few minutes more gonna do you now? Yeah, that scene in the Colorado Lounge, that was, oh my God, that's Jack Nicholson acting at his finest. That is such an amazing performance. Oh, Wendy. When, when he is inching her all the way up to the top of the staircase, it's just, oof. Yeah, Wendy, darling, light of my life. Wendy. Stay away! Darling. Light of my life. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. <laughs> I could kind of tell, like, on this last view we met, yeah, it definitely had to have been, like, I don't know, take, like, 50. Because there, there's, like, acting where it's like, wow, look at the choice they made. And then it's just, like, I don't know who I am. I'm just running on instinct and just like fear and adrenaline. I don't know. I'm just going to go and let's just see what happens. Cause that's how that feels. I mean, <laughs> he's just so unhinged. And I, I also uh, rewatched uh, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest earlier this week. Cause I was thinking for sure that uh, that was my favorite Nicholson performance, but, and maybe because he, gets to be quieter or calmer uh, a little bit at parts in that movie yeah. a little bit more but i don't know there's just something about him like even when he's calm um like in the in the first scene um the interview like <laughs> oh, I yeah. just, the smile on his face alone yeah yeah he's already weird like he's not yeah. normal oh no you can already see it in him like right off the bat which happens to be Wendy's favorite weapon. Yep. Yeah. Oh my, like, stop swinging that bat. Stop swinging that bat at me. 
Yeah. I, yeah. He already seems off. Like it's weird. Like <laughs> that's what, like in a way, like, I don't know how you feel about this, but do you think it should have been played more straight until later? Because even when he's like in his car, like when they're, um, like when they're On driving, the yeah, they're driving there. Yep. Yeah. He's already like, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the mountain or yeah, we're going to the overlook. See, it's okay. You saw it on the television. Like he's, he's so pissed. He's not like just normal. So like, I don't know. Okay. Do you think that he should, that should have been played more straight or do you kind of like how he's already a little off? I guess I like, I like the way that he's already a little off because I don't really think Stanley kind of set it up to be, I mean, I am Stanley, I'm Stephen King. I didn't read the book, but I assume that is how the Stephen King book starts as well. But um, I assume that like, it's not supposed to be how he was, you know, a fun loving man the whole time, you know? So like, because he, he quit alcohol and he probably resents her for that. And the fact that she always, you know, brings it up to him that she hurt Dan, that he hurt Danny. Um, so I feel like that actually set a precedent. It set it 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 set it there that there's not there's something wrong, you know? Like there is resentment here. And that just gets bubbled up more and more and more at the Overlook. Which Overlook Hotel, like one of the most what famous uh this is like places in film probably. <laughs> I mean Oh yeah. Uh yeah, it's crazy how this film had like a mixed reception when it first comes out, which seems a lot of great films like they either have just like negative or like mixed reception or didn't like make a lot of money. And then I feel like a lot of times through like home video, maybe that's how they became more popular. And I, I don't know now, like if a movie gets a mixed reception or doesn't do that well, like it's weird because now it's like streaming. Sometimes I guess you randomly click on things, but I mean, we don't have most people it seems don't have like cable anymore almost so i don't know how we just like discover movies and they get popular and we don't have a blockbuster to just like oh yeah i heard this movie was pretty cool and then you just go to blockbuster Mm -hmm. and like hey man this was pretty cool uh i don't know we were robbed of that in daegua we were robbed of that there is no more blockbuster in our lives i loved that as a kid so much i i love the access to the internet and everything but like just going into a physical store, like Scream, <sighs> Scream, maybe, I don't know. That has to be my top 10 or five favorite horror movies. And I just loved, you know, every time I watch them, I'm like, oh man, I just missed being able to go there. Like I always wanted to work at a video store growing up. So mm-hmm. that was always a crushing that like it's, it's, it's gone. Yeah. I mean, it's gone and now it's just up to streaming i mean like you said nobody has cable everybody uses netflix hulu i mean hulu actually has its own plan for cable so like you can use anything like that you don't actually have to go through any more providers anymore um i honestly find myself most of the time same thing on netflix or um actually just walk re-watching blu-rays yeah yeah me too i'm I'm trying like this year, especially during this pandemic, I've been trying to explore, you know, different movies like, like anime, uh, foreign films, like older movies before like 1950. Cause I'm like, well, if there's ever a time, like I, I've been literally begging for this moment for the longest time <laughs> to yeah. be able to 
watch all these films that I just never have the time because, you know, there's always new movies coming out and there's shows and, you know, life. So it's always hard to try to find time to, you know, watch from the past. But I think I've been doing a good job this year, honestly. And I'm still trying to go strong because, you know, it doesn't seem like it's going to be over anytime soon. <laughs> so, you know, it's got to keep watching. Um, speaking of watching, uh, I love in the opening how I love like the ominous opening with like the helicopter shot just like coming in yep. and with that score coming in like the like that just following anxiety me. inducing score oh so good yeah wendy as wendy carlos and rachel ekind i believe are the composers for it and Man, I was oh every rewatch I'm just haunted by the score alone. It is just so so perfect and it fits everything so well. It might be my favorite horror score. Oh fuck, but Halloween is pretty great. It's hard. It's hard. Like you always think of something and then another thing like hits you. Like, but I just I yeah. think the score makes this movie. Like this time watching it again, it really is something that like kills me. Like, um, I love the, the, like, there's a music cue when uh, we first uh, see uh, Wendy come to Jack, when, like, where he, like, types. Because they're, like, there's a music to, cue. Because uh, we don't see what he's typing. Uh, we never do. But he yeah. rips off the paper. And it's just such a, like, the music is rising. And he rips off the paper. And it's just such, like, such How's a, whoa, what's going on? <sighs> Get a lot written today? And then yeah. I love like Wendy comes to tell him about the weather. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And he's just like, I, he doesn't want to see her again because uh, he doesn't want to see or he doesn't want to see her uh, see that he's been typing like the exact same sentence over and over and over again, which like mm-hmm. also goes into uh, <laughs> another one of my favorite lines when he says, let's start a new rule. When you hear me typing or whether you don't hear me typing, I'm in here. Don't bother me. And we're going to make a new rule. Whenever I'm in here, you hear me typing. Whether you don't hear me typing, whatever the fuck you hear me doing in here, when I'm in here, that means that I am working. That means don't come in. Now, do you think you can handle that? Yeah. Fine. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here? And then you just see like uh you just see uh Wendy's face just like I don't know what I did wrong. And yeah, I was just like, yeah. yo, dude, calm the fuck down. <laughs> I'm doing Jack Torrance, man. He's a savage. He was yeah. a savage. <laughs> I mean, speaking of the score though, and also the Colorado lounge where he's typing, the when you first open up and you um let's see, when he it's actually the first time you see Jack, it's their like first day. And he's throwing the ball at the wall. Yeah. But it starts off on that one shot of the typewriter. So when you're, you're hearing this sound, at least to me, myself, I didn't think that was a ball. I'm over here just thinking like that. This is just like anxiety inducing score. Like it has been the whole time. And it, it really is just the ball hitting the wall. 
like timed it almost feels like they timed it to be that like that good you know yeah i bet i mean i being Kubrick, I, I I was actually watching that scene thinking, like, I wonder how many times they had to do this because I feel like your arm would get pretty tired just throwing that ball, like, full force, having to catch it too. So, Definitely. like, yeah. the accuracy plus, yeah, how many times. But, yeah, uh, the ball, like, the sound of it, like, hitting the wall does match up, like, perfectly with the music. It's – it's um, it's um it's another great scene just watching him descend because – I found it interesting because there's like 10 segments that the film's broken up into. And I, I always wonder like how many in like the days, cause I always got confused myself, which makes sense because you know, the shining, um, cause yeah, first yep. you have the interview and then you have the closing day a month later. I love that's like when Dick Holleran is talking about, uh, like room 237 when Danny says, and he's just like, stay out of room 237. And then <laughs> next thing, yeah. and then it cuts to Tuesday, and then it cuts to Thursday, cuts to Saturday, then Monday, then Wednesday, and that's the final day when it cuts to 8 a.m. and then 4 p.m. And then, you know. Yep, 8 a.m. And then the film ends. <laughs> uh, and it, it's, it's so funny because I, last year, uh, you know, the sequel to The Shining book and film, Dr. Sleep, came out which got mixed reception. I was very surprised by that. But, you know, I guess it makes sense. <laughs> the Shining got mixed reception at first. But I hope yeah. that time goes uh, in favor of the movie because I, I loved it. It was in uh, my top 10 of last year. I don't know how you felt about it, John. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really did. And I thought um, Rebecca Ferguson's character was fucking awesome. Mm, yeah. um, uh, something was, the hat rose the hat rose the hat yep yeah. rose the hat i thought it was played perfectly um i do think that the reason i think one of the reasons it may have gotten the mixed reception that it did is because uh i know people that have read dr sleep i mean and the shining and most people say that the shining and the film the shining are very different which is why you know it sparked up the whole room 237 documentary with all the theories you know um, because it's like Stanley took The Shining into his own hands, kind of. Right. And um, but with Doctor Sleep, that actually is like a very close to book adaptation, which is I think why people who have seen The Shining and went to go see Doctor Sleep are confused, and they're like, "Well, this this was a very different type of film." Because Doctor Sleep is a very different type of film than The Shining, at least in my personal opinion. Um. Yeah, I, I think it. it still has some of like the similar feel to it. Like, like, le like there's a lot of push-ins. Like in this movie, there's a lot of push-ins, and like uh, they pull back the camera a lot. There's a lot of just letting things happen in the frame, which I think usually like we cut faster. So I, I thought, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. But yeah, I thought it still had like a similar feel. Like I felt yeah. like they were in the same universe. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I de you could definitely feel that they're in the same universe and you know, I totally got it. And that's why I really liked it was cause I feel like they tied it in really well. Um, but honestly, I would have to read the book. I I've been wanting to read both the shining and Dr. Sleep for actually a long time. Um, I'll get to it eventually. I will. After I finish Dune, I'm in. I got, I got to read Dune. I got to read Dr. Sleep. I got to read the shining. I got to read books. I 
I don't read, John. I it's uh it's pretty sad. <laughs> I'm always watching stuff or reading uh news about film. I'm I need to start reading books because everyone who reads books, I say they're better than me. I, I'm the dummy. Like there's so much good stuff out there, and I'm just nah, I can't read it. It's gonna take hours. Or by the time I finish this book, I could I could watch a movie. I could watch a movie for days. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh what? adaptations i mean there it's another thing you know i mean if you if you read a book that you know gets adapted into a movie and you watch the movie first no movie i don't care what movie you are can fit everything that is in a book generally i mean like can really get everything in so if somebody is that attached to a to a book adaptation like like into a movie and they really want it to be the exact same there you're more than likely not going to get that so books are just kind of another realm of entertainment no yeah you're right because that, that's why i think as a person who doesn't read or honestly i'm not even like a person really big into fandoms that don't include movies at the time i guess like and even if they do i'm usually just watching a film like i'm not like i love like i love comic book movies and i do like read about this character when it's coming out or sometimes i'll go down rabbit holes but i never really read comics and i'm not mm -hmm. like into really any fandoms so like for me when like a film comes out and has a fandom or like a like a it's an adaptation of any source material whatsoever i'm like look i think an adaptation which you know can go into shining because like i guess the shining isn't the best adaptation of the book at all but it still uses the source material, does something different. And it's, you know, for some people it's better. And I love the shining. And I, for me, it's, I think as an adaptation, you should respect the source material to a point, but also I don't think you should be exactly what you're adapting. Cause like, if someone's like, Oh man, but that didn't happen with that character at the end. Cause that's different. Well, Maybe, yeah, but at the same time, don't you want something a little bit different? Because, like, I feel like if you know exactly what's going to happen, it's not going to be as great. And a film already, it's not going to be, like you said, it's not going to be as, um, like, not, like, inten not intense, but it's not going to have as much content, um, yeah. rather, as, a like, a book will. Like, you only have, what, an hour and a half, maybe three hours, maybe a part two, but still, like, you know, have all these different perspectives that you can always put on there and points of view, and you can just trail off on the book. Like, a movie has to be tighter, so some things are going to be cut that maybe aren't as important for the overarching story, and that's why I think a lot of people get mad, and I'm just like, hey, if it's a good film, it's a good film. At least... <laughs> like when it's a shitty adaptation but it's also a shitty movie aka avatar the oh, sorry no the, <laughs> the last airbender, airbender. <laughs> oh yeah yeah i'm just like ugh, just why why Shyamalan? god damn you m night <laughs> you son of a bitch because like for me dr sleep i i thought it was great at the uh well i don't know i looked up some stuff but I thought it was a great movie to be honest i gave it uh four out of five stars i mean i thought like the kid performance was fantastic. I thought she won the best performances in general last year. I thought Hugh McGregor was great. Rebecca Hall, I loved just all. I loved just the like the expansive world. Like it felt like a sequel, but also felt like its own film. And yeah, like Mike Flanagan, 
who directed this movie, like, <laughs> and wrote the screenplay, I mean, he is almost like the horror guy, honestly. Like, I love, uh, just like I know you do, I love like Ari Aster and I love Robert Eggers. Um, but oh, yes. I don't think for like the amount of content like he's done in the 2010s for horror, I don't think that anyone like matches him. I mean, Mike Flanagan did Oculus, Hush, uh, Ouija or Origin of Evil, Before I Wake, uh, Gerald's Game, Haunting of Hill House was like one of the best horror things ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was just speaking of that show just today, telling uh, my roommate how amazing that show actually is. In the realm of television horror, Haunting of Hill House wins. It's fantastic. Like, and Haunting of uh, Bly Manor is coming out this year. I will be there. <laughs> Whatever day it comes out, I'm going to be there watching it the first night. Oh, comes out next Friday, actually. So, yeah. So, uh, Friday, October 9th is when it premieres on Netflix. So, we'll be tuning in there. But, yeah. I So, uh, I, I think horror is in good hands right now. And, yeah, I, I think if you haven't seen Doctor Sleep, check it out. Like, yeah, it's not – as good as the shining but like it never was going to be and i thought it, no. it didn't try to be so no it definitely didn't and i mean thank god it didn't you know yeah uh i uh oh sorry you go <laughs> the shining is just no, no 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 the shining is just it's it's just one of the greatest just most inspiring horror films like of all time honestly like mm -hmm. when you look at all the horror films that have happened from that that point on you know it, so many people changed up their recipe, you know, right. so many, so many different directors and writers, you know, they changed up the way horror is supposed to be done because, you know, shining is not, you know, like a jump scare horror, you know, it's not like, like when, when the shining was released, that's what was going on, you know, like jumps, like jump scare horrors, cult classics, you know, like really, really good movies, but they're all done with the horror recipe. And Stanley Kubrick really just, I mean, turned it around and I mean, Stephen King probably too. I didn't read the book. I really, as I said, I do want to read the book, but I'm sure it is, you know, just as scary. I mean, uh, Stephen King and the Overlook Hotel is based on um, the Stanley Hotel, actually. Like something happened there too, or is that just... Um... The Stanley Hotel is like widely regarded as just one of the most like haunted hotels in America. I, I don't know exactly what state it is in anymore. I kind of, I forgot that, but um, when he wrote the shining, he, Stephen King said that um, he wrote it when he was in, when he stayed at the Stanley hotel. So he wrote it when he was staying in a room that was widely regarded as one of the most haunted rooms in the Stanley hotel. Man. I, I, I understand how Stephen King uh, like writes just so many like the quality like the quantity and quality of the stories i i don't understand i don't get it like some people take so long just to write one book and he's like hey oh, i wrote a book yeah that was uh, while i, was I wrote three books here they are yeah yeah I was <laughs> like, hey, I'll, I'll you know i'll pick something up from the store um i was gonna write two books while i'm out do you um want some bananas oh shoot what about killer banana in maine boom book title <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, it, Stephen, yeah, Stephen King is great. Um, I feel like I said, Stanley Kubrick just, you know, he brought The Shining as a horror movie, brought horror, the genre into a new light. And um, 
you know, a lot of that has to do with the cinematographer, John Alcott, who also did Clockwork yes. Orange. Um, literally just, it's, oh my God, the way they shot this movie. And he did, uh, he did uh, Barry Lyndon, which I think he won the Oscar for that year. Oh, did he? Did he actually win the Oscar for that? I, I believe I, I believe I read that he yeah he won for uh, cinematography for Barry Lyndon, which I have not seen Barry Lyndon. That was the other one within like I feel like the more famous um, uh, or iconic, I guess you could say, of Kubrick films. I haven't seen yet, but I, I haven't seen it just because I've heard it's like it's three hours, and I've heard from many people that it's kind of boring. So I am not rushing out to see it, but fuck me. It is beautiful as hell. Uh, it's I, like, I've, I've seen a lot of like images and just like short clips with like no audio and yeah, it's gorgeous. It's, it's a gorgeous from what I hear. It's a gorgeous, boring movie, <laughs> but <laughs> Hey, you know, who knows? Like I, some people said that, uh eyes wide shut wasn't that great and i saw and i thought it was actually pretty great Um, yeah a lot of talk about mixed receptions eyes wide shut definitely got the mixed reception so many yeah so many kubrick films get mixed reception now i think about like a clockwork orange just because of the violence probably oh yeah oh but who who doesn't love a touch of ultra violence (laughs) yeah honestly i'm here for it i know some people don't like uh dark films like i know some people I know who don't like horror films for obvious reasons. They don't want to be scared. But for me, I, you know, I'm sometimes covering my eyes when it's the first time, <laughs> like a little bit, but I, I don't know. I, I just love being torn out of my comfort zone. And I love like yes. fucked up movies. Like I, I don't yeah, care. Well. Like kill everybody. Like show me, show me the violence. Uh, oh, yeah. And Alex and his droogs really, really bring it in the first 15 minutes of that movie so yeah um like you know you get you immediately get ripped out of your comfort zone with a clockwork orange and i love it you know and uh we were actually just talking about that on the face on a on the facebook group um that's rob zombie that's somebody who tears you out of your comfort zone as well when it comes to the to the genre of horror Mm. but it's not the rob zombie episode (laughs) who knows if we'll ever even make that but (laughs) i i am not uh the biggest rob zombie fan uh i'm not gonna say that i hate him i'm gonna say that i need to watch of one of his films that i like and i'm not just angered by (laughs) (laughs) no those don't exist those don't exist it's like you will feel terrible but that's the point (laughs) um speaking of uh because i know you, you said like clockwork orange a minute ago um because the opening of that film features like the famous Kubrick stare, which obviously is in this film. Um, and it's one of my favorite moments. Uh, <laughs> Cause it's just like, I remember it cuts to Thursday and then you just see like Wendy and Danny just having a nice little time playing out in the snow. And then it cuts to Jack just like staring out the right window, in the window, right like in the window. Seconds. Oh yeah. <laughs> fucking terrifying it's just like he, he's just so disconnected but i i love it like it's almost like i feel like i'm i'm cheering him on just because he's so fucking insane at this point oh yeah i want to you know honestly i want to take some time i want to talk about the performances here so jack jack nicholson as jack torrance holy shit shelly duvall as wendy i mean poor girl 
And Danny Lloyd, this this kid, this was his first movie as Danny. And supposedly, um, Stanley Kubrick was so protective over Danny Lloyd because it, it was his first movie. And he did, you know, he auditioned so well for Danny that um, he wouldn't let Danny do like anything on set at all by himself. And actually, when you see, um, let's see here, when you see Wendy... Uh, when they find the bruises, when she finds the bruises on um, Danny's neck from room 237 and blames Jack, uh, she, she like, she carries him out of the room and she's actually carrying a dummy because they wouldn't. Oh, really? Yeah. Stanley wouldn't let Shelly carry Danny Lloyd. Doesn't make too much sense, but I mean, that is something that, that. Protect the boy. <laughs> yeah. You got to protect Danny, protect yeah. him at all costs. <laughs> and I mean, Danny killed it. I mean, killed yeah. it. He's a, Danny. yeah, that kid is amazing. And I think that's why, also why sometimes, like, like when I'm talking about this, like, I get, like, because his name's Danny Lloyd, and he's playing Danny. Jack Nicholson's playing Jack. But Shelly Duvall, she's playing Wendy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she's the Wendy. only of the three who don't get to just have her name. So I'm, like, just going back and forth with when I'm talking. It's just so confusing. But, uh, yeah, he gives one of my favorite child performances ever. Like as a kid, I also did the uh, uh, Danny or Danny isn't here, Mrs. Torrance. <laughs> like with my little finger. Like it Mrs. just it's Torrance. so fucking creepy. Oh my god! And uh, the that Tony actually, I mean obviously not Tony Tony like the concept of Tony, but mm-hmm. um, him doing the finger thing as Tony that was improv that was never scripted really and yeah and danny was so young that like it's surprising to even think that he actually did do that like nobody told him he he did that himself that's kind of scary <laughs> Just like, I, I came up with this thing stan um can i call you stan um i want to just like have my finger just a little out and i'm just going to do like this little weird creepy voice I don't know. You think it works? And I, I don't know. I actually don't know what Kubrick sounds like, but uh, he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Actually, You know what? I'm gonna protect you. Cause the other, <laughs> maybe the other actors were like, I'm so oh, afraid yeah. of this kid. I'm going to kill him. And he's like, no one kills the kid. So after well, Danny's just done, trying to steal all their jobs. Yeah. Oh yeah. That he's like, you're going to steal my job, kid. I'm Jack fucking Nicholson. I won an Oscar five years before this. <laughs> Uh, and that's actually, I mean, you know, towards the beginning of the film, when you see Danny um, brushing his teeth, I, I don't know if any, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is just me, but I saw crazy similarities between, I mean, obviously that happens throughout the entire movie where they get, you know, a scene itself draws similarities from another scene in the way it was shot by John Alcott and stuff like that. But uh, when he's brushing his teeth, it resembles exactly the bathroom in two three seven where it kind of has that like you know the sink to the right even though it's a smaller bathroom where danny's in but the way the shot is and it's just you know zooming in on danny it's zooming in you know perfectly on the two three seven demon the cinema yeah the cinematography really is just fantastic i I do love um like with the like the shots like the same different the same shots but like revealing different things like i love the as we're going through the overlook and it has uh the like when he uh when jack goes to like the bar or in that gold i think it's the gold room 
Um, I love room. you see yeah. the same um, camera placement first when they go in there, um, like Jack and Wendy and the like the manager of the hotel when they first get there and he's showing them you just see them you know like following them just like panning um and then you just see uh or i guess it's sliding probably on a little like uh those tracks you put the camera on and and then you see it later when uh he's going in there and i I love like the small little hints uh that like pay off later like when the manager's talking to Jack saying, and we uh, keep the bar uh, empty uh, and we put the alcohol away when uh, we lock up just so we don't have any law liability lawsuits type deal. And he's just like, Oh, well that's good. Cause um, I gave up drinking anyway. <laughs> he's like, Oh, good. And then like later when he goes in there, you know, there's no alcohol, there is nothing. <laughs> and sell my soul for a beer. Yeah. Just one beer. <laughs> yeah and then that's uh that's when we first see lloyd i believe right yep yep q lloyd hi lloyd a little slow tonight isn't it (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's so funny i don't know how you can keep a straight face with like just jack throwing just these fucking like hail marys just every scene yeah yeah, no, honestly, how could you? Like, the, just the way Jack, like, speaks the entire movie. Like, how could you keep a straight fit? Like, he's he's such a, he's, like, whimsical, but, like, scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's such a, it, it's such a subtle, it's such a subtle, subtle, scary character that fucking Jack Nicholson brought out for Jack Torrance. Yeah, it's, like, later, um, later on when, yeah, because he goes back to the bar, I believe, and then Wendy comes in after because she accuses him of choking um, Danny. And then, like, Wendy goes into the bar when Jack's there. And obviously, Lloyd and the alcohol disappear. <laughs> but then uh, she says, there's a crazy woman in one of the rooms and she tried to choke Danny. <laughs> and then Jack says... Mm-hmm are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> Which is so funny because <laughs> he was literally just talking to a bartender who was not there. And he just says, there's no one else here. There's no one else in the hotel. <laughs> uh, like gaslighting her or like, what did you see in um, room 237? Just like, did you see anything? Like, no, nothing. Just, it's just empty. <laughs> what? <laughs> once, you no. count, once you count everything else out, it's the only logical explanation. <laughs> just great. Just that, yeah, oh like you God. didn't just get seduced by yeah, uh, uh, I don't know even what to yeah. call what happened in two, three, seven. Which oh my God! As go kid. down in infamy as as one of the most disturbing scenes ever. Yeah, as a kid, that was like that my mom just because you know naked women she covered my eyes for i remember the first few times and then i remember seeing it later and i i oh god i kind of wanted to cover my eyes anyway even last night i was thinking (laughs) you definitely want to cover your eyes yeah it's disgusting it's just like oh normal normal naked woman no disgusting rotting corpse like oh god look away (laughs) yeah just it's and that's you know nasty I can draw a similarity actually between the way kind of the concept of what like happened there where, you know, she's a beautiful lady and then boom, she's like, who even knows. And um, 
it kind of reminds me of the way like I'm going to bring up a film that is way more recent. Uh, one of my favorites ever, The Witch, ah. where the witch, uh, the witch seduces um, Caleb. And she, you know, she looks like, you know, she like, she has the perfect look for Caleb. And then witch hand, you know, kind of like <laughs> yep. a less disturbing version, but witch hand. And it just, it just, it always makes me think about the inspiration that to, I mean, like I haven't seen a film that did that before. So the shining to me is the first time I had seen that. And I just feel like that's straight up an inspiration alone to like the horror geniuses of this time, which are in my opinion, Ari Aster and Robert Eggers. Yeah, they are they are masters of the genre, and they are only uh, two films deep, which is yes. already impressive. <laughs> Quite amazing debuts they had, um, and uh, and follow ups. Maybe a little less so for me for Midsummer, which I like a lot. I I'm going to watch the director's cut sometime soon, maybe, and see if I like that a little bit more. But yeah, um, I'll get to that eventually. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. do the same. I uh, I, mean, I loved Midsummer, but uh, you know, it I didn't really i mean it, it wasn't close to hereditary for me so same yeah hereditary's uh hereditary's up there probably my top 10 uh it, i think one of the reasons i love that because it reminds me of the shining because you know they're both about like character they're both very atmospheric um mm-hmm. I, I think i was terrified and maybe because i've seen the shining so many times but i definitely was more terrified watching hereditary even the second time than i was watching the shining but like there's so many parts in the shining where i think i'm laughing because i'm like kind of like just uh unnerved but also there's just so many moments that are just okay uh what what's going oh what did you just say what's going on (laughs) like like early on um after uh danny has that little like he kind of like i guess had blacks out i guess and then the doctor comes to see him and then the doctor talks to wendy and then i love how like wendy just throws casually out that well you know um uh uh jack kind of just like dislocated danny's arm and then, <laughs> and then she's yeah, like wait, smile on that? her face I was, oh no yeah, it's a, yeah you know it's one of those men things. sometimes yeah <laughs> it's like i mean i guess uh maybe like like maybe maybe uh you should leave him which actually it goes into this too because so when do you think in the movie you would leave if you were Shelley duvall uh because also we don't see what happens in that first month so what do you when do you think like are you leaving like bro uh, i'd probably i'd probably be a petty chick and i would have left the second he he fucking gave that uh and it's like whatever the fuck I'm doing in here, it's like whatever the fuck I'm doing, you don't come in here, you don't disrupt my train of thought. I would have been like, well, fuck you, Jack, I'm out of this bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's just like out. hold on, I I'm just trying to make conversation. I don't know what we've been doing this last month. Like you, you're just like look, we got a lot of months and we we don't get to talk. Can we just like, can you just please? Yeah, and I mean that was before the snowstorm. I'm pretty. That was yeah, that was before the snowstorm. Yeah. Yeah, I think the next, I think maybe after that, it like, he's, yeah, I think he's typing and it cuts to Thursday, which is when they're playing in the snow and then he just starts staring. And that's, yeah, that's when it's like, ah, oh, he's, uh, he, he's gone crazy, which actually goes to another question because I, uh, I also watched uh, the documentary Room 237 on a bunch of theories and allusions and hidden metaphors that people believe are in The Shining. 
um, that yes. Kubrick put in. Um, and one of them, because I had this question for you, and it was, when do you think uh, Jack first goes crazy? Because uh, one of them, uh, one of the theories or like people talking, they thought in the documentary that he goes crazy when Danny goes in to room 237 and calls Dick Halloran, uh, which is played amazingly by Scatman Carruthers, which I did not know. He was also in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which I've seen twice before. And I was like, how did I never know this, that he was also in The Shining? But he's great mm-hmm. in both roles. But yeah, they said that that is when he starts going crazy. And I, I mean, I guess, I think he's off already though especially like on Thursday already yeah. before he even goes into the room, Danny, I feel like Jack's already. Yeah. You know, I, maybe he goes off the deep end. I feel, yeah. He, deep end for sure. I feel like, um, that's a, you know, that's, that's a valid thing to say is that he goes off the deep end maybe after two, three, seven, but that mother, I mean, he was fucking crazy before. I feel, I feel like he, he had already had some, some drastic changes to the character itself before that. Um, I mean, you can kind of just feel it in the cues that Jack Nicholson gives off very brilliantly. And as I said, as I told you before, and Diego with room two, three, seven, a lot of those series are, they're they're a little bit far out for me. But um, one thing I actually did write down uh, as a note is with the moon landing theory, which I'm sure you heard all about in 237. Um, I'm, I'm not saying I believe it, but I will say that when you do look, I, I had always remembered 237 saying it from the carpet, which is a good point because the carpet was, you know, really nice. Like it looks pretty crazy in itself in the shape of what is going on on, on the carpet. But there is one shot where he's got the cars, Danny's playing on his knees with the cars. And there's this one shot that Danny Alcott like perfectly aligns, which could be a major coincidence, probably is a major coincidence, but it totally does look like a rocket ship in this like awesome shot that they did. And obviously Danny's wearing the Apollo sweater, which is like that argument's favorite part of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I always find yeah that one interesting. I feel like that and like the whole like Native American or like I guess I didn't know this before the documentary, like the Nazi uh allegories, like with the number forty two. Um I the moon landing one, I think because I remember one guy said, like, I'm not saying that the moon landing was faked. I'm just saying uh, that the video we saw was faked. And I was like, I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, a lot of people have some good thing. points. And who knows? I guess. Yeah, I'm not, like, I'm, I mean, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist, but I mean, even I don't really believe that. Like, but I did, like, you know, I, I do really like that shot. Like, I guess kind of just the creativity behind somebody's mind to really sit down and, you know, kind of, put that together like if that actually were to be true like it's like oh this shot looks like a rocket ship it's like wow you really have to be you really have to know that to look at that honestly but it looks once you do know it's like wow that actually does look awesome and could be a work of pure genius yeah i mean 
there there were a lot of theories in that documentary and i i if if anyone's like interested i guess i i would re- recommend uh checking it out it was it was a lot some were like okay just here's what i think these few things mean and then some where i was like holy shit i these are a reach and what we'll see, uh, we'll see how many people last the entire documentary because after the minotaurs get brought in i'm out <laughs> yeah the minotaurs i was waiting for that moment you told me about it and i was like ah i i don't know if this uh <laughs> i don't i don't know if this holds water as well as this person thinks it does but you know what hey oh, she was confident no she yeah. was very 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 confident <laughs> um wouldn't say do you uh think that this is your favorite jack nicholson role for a performance oh man you gotta hit me up with another question like that i believe mm-hmm. that it's either this or the departed i i knew it in my heart i knew i was like baggy's gonna say it's like that or the departed for him okay okay it's this or the departed and Honestly, it's probably leaning a little bit more towards Jack Torrance. But, I mean, it's, oh, my God, he was just so incredible and departed as well. So, it's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I got this fucking rat problem. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's also going for it in that movie. Uh, I, yeah, for me, this, this is my favorite. But, like, it's so close to Cuckoo's Nest because he also has some insane moments in there. But. I, I think for like crazy, like I, I am always like attracted to just like performances that go just off the wall, but it's not like overacting. It's, it's like a fine line between like overacting and just fucking going for it. I'm losing my fucking brain. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I like when, uh, like Wendy knocks him out and then drags him into like the pantry and then uh, she's like, I want to wanna take Danny and, and, and I want to go uh, find him a doctor. And he's just like, I don't think that's going to work. And then <laughs> that's like when he says, uh, go, go check, check it out. It out. <laughs> Why don't you go check it out? You've got a big surprise coming to you. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. <laughs> go check out the snow cat in the radio and you'll see what I mean. <laughs> Go check it out. <laughs> Go check it out. <laughs> and then you see, it's like his tongue flickering. And I was just like, "What the fuck? This dude is yeah, yeah, yeah. insane." And he's he's like he tickles the door as as he's saying, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh fuck." yeah it's, uh, it's uh, it's it's haunting it's great yeah. honestly it's like the best that's that's why i'm leaning way more towards jack torrance as his best as his best performance in my personal opinion but i mean departed is that, that those are my two i saw that um like one of the few shots that like kubrick because you know he put like he likes to plan things out because you know he's very meticulous but one of the few shots they did improv was that shot actually that's like looking it's like he's because he's on the ground basically um like underneath like jack nicholson's legs and like the shots like you know looking up at him and i was Mm -hmm. like it's such an interesting shot and like it's just so funny that he he decided to just like kind of just like yeah let's have some smooth jazz and figure this out and then (laughs) that's what happened like it's just that wasn't a planned shot but 
yeah, it's it works. Like there's a lot of amazing shots in here. Like I like how a lot of it is shot in like wides, you know, like oh, which yeah. makes it you know feel even uh, more cramped in a way because it's it's just so much space. It's it's freaky. Like there's only three people in this giant hotel. Like mm-hmm. Danny on that bike. Oh my god! Like <laughs> I don't know how they actually filmed that because I know. That's this was one of the first films using Steadicam. So mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what they put that camera on, but like it follows him so smoothly. And I love like it doesn't cut. So it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, this is like a real, um, like a real place, you know? Yeah, that was the most, I, that, is, that is the most iconic tracking shot in my personal opinion, hands down. Yeah. What, like following Danny through the overlook is just, Oh my God. I even, I get chills thinking about the fact that they even have the wheels on the, on the ground and they start making noise when he's on the ground and then they, they hit the rug and then you, you don't get much noise. And it's almost like anxiety inducing alone. Like that's literally almost enough to be like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> something's about to happen. Yeah. Like you said earlier, it's just like, like with the, uh, with Jack throwing the ball, it's just such an excellent use of sound design um yeah like something that shouldn't be terrifying or just like unnerving but yeah it really is like and i i love uh because i because i always forget which i love like i forget when um he sees the well one i forgot he sees the twins um on the like the closing day when he's throwing the darts and i love how just like you see him look away uh and the, but the shot's still on him and it like zooms in it's like what the fuck then it cuts to him looking at the twins just in the doorway and i was like oh i forgot we see you now uh but on his bike ride i always forget when he uh sees them and like i love that this gr- such a great choice that on the third time uh we see danny like riding around a bike around the hotel like he it's just because usually it's just like we see him riding for like extended amount of time actually and then this time like it starts and like almost immediately he turns a corner and like the music cue once again like this like <laughs> sound and yeah. then it's just like them Danny, come play with us forever and ever and ever and then we just see like and the ever. flash <laughs> of them just Fortnite. dead and i was oh, like holy my shit God. and it's and it's not just one flash either no no he yeah. has to give you the three to really let it sink in the three flashes of their dead bodies just oh my so oh so wonderfully done honestly yeah. that is horror at its finest yeah and yeah i i like sound design images score like really those are what that and like hereditary to me like is excellent at like you Mm -hmm. don't need like i don't think jump scares are inherently bad it's just like a lot of times they're just used in just stupid cliched ways but like i really think that's why the shining still like resonates all like what uh yeah 40 years later um it's like it's insane like it's just so well done with like how they shoot like like i said earlier like it's shot with lights on most of the time it's almost like never dark 
which is really weird. Like it's almost never dark in The Shining, yeah. but it always is dark <laughs> with its tone. Oh, definitely dark. Yeah. I feel like the only dark, even remotely dark areas are the gold room. When he's in the gold yeah. room, like that's probably the darkest you get. Or um, when he is in the the red bathroom. Right. Oh my God. I want to talk about that scene. Cause who <laughs> one, just the set design in general in this whole film is fucking phenomenal, but like, it's such a, like a pop, like when you go in there, because that, cause I, I, I knew this before, but I was like, obviously, cause I knew we we're doing um, like the podcast. I was really um, you know, paying attention uh, to it, but I love how like the scene is shot because we find out, through like the dialogue, which, you know, just great dialogue um, that the man who like, he spilled some kind of like cream sauce thing on Jack. So they go to the bathroom and then mm. he's in the bathroom. And then you find out that that's Grady, the previous uh, winter caretaker who killed his family, uh, which I also love earlier in the interview, how he just kind of just like, yeah, we had this business that happened where our previous winner uh, caretaker like <laughs> shot or he took an axe and he killed his wife and he chopped his dars in little pieces and put a gun yeah. in his mouth and blew his brains out. You know, Ugh, yeah, we're, I'm going to wait till the very end of this interview to tell you that because, you know, yeah. it does. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> it's, you know, it, it does generally change people's thoughts on working here. Yeah, it's like, and he's like, ah, not for me. I'm, I'm fine. I'm like, I, I don't know, man. Are you though? Because you sound fucking crazy already. <laughs> like, you sound like yeah. I'm going to kill them, no matter if ghosts happen or not. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but the, but the scene uh, with Grady and Jack in the bathroom, I love it because you see, it's just like Grady's on the left, Jack's on the right, but like Jack's body is pointed towards us, and then at one point, it just like reverses and then we see like the cameras on the opposite side of the room so you know they're on the opposite sides uh for us as well and because because he's like questioning him like i don't i know you and he's just like oh no um i i don't believe so and then he's like you were a caretaker here and then he's like no you are the caretaker and then that's when it like kind of cuts to like clean singles of both of them uh mm. and i was just like I'm so unnerved. I'm so unnerved. <laughs> uh, and the red of the bathroom alone, just as you said, the set design, that's unnerving alone. You're just like, ah, oh. Yeah, it's like oh. it wants him to, I mean, it does. Uh, it's like, it's oh. kind of telling them kill because that leads to one of my, also one of my favorite lines when uh, Grady's saying, My girls, uh, they didn't care for the overlook at first. One of them actually stole a pack of matches and tried to burn it down. But I corrected them, sir. And when my wife tried to prevent me from doing my duty, I corrected her. Because, yeah, because he's like saying like Danny called, called someone to help. And I was just like, oh, okay, they know this. Which is so interesting, like, uh, like that they know through Danny's shining that he they called um, Dick, which once again, well, also I just gotta say, uh, Dick Halloran. I mean, great fucking name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, Dick Halloran. 
I love it so much. I like I love uh I love his um like when he's uh showing um Wendy and Danny around earlier and he's just like we got dried peaches, dried apricots, dried raisins and dried prunes. <laughs> like, like his cadence is so fucking hilarious. And then it gets serious though when he's talking to Danny. Uh I I love that. Oh yeah. yeah. Definitely serious, but uh I love when he calls him Doc and, and Shelly. Yeah. yeah, well, Shelly. <laughs> Wendy. <laughs> I do that a lot at this point. Was, Wendy's just like, uh, how'd you know his name was Doc? And it's like, oh, well, you, you must have said it. <laughs> like, within the last 20 minutes, I've been walking with you. It's like, oh, but we don't call him that often. <laughs> it's like, good excuse there, Dick. <laughs> that, was a, <laughs> that, was a good, that was a good start. Yeah, truly, truly. Uh amazing also what is amazing is that you know you see dick uh get um like shine called i guess you could say by danny and then you know spends a while trying to get there you know and find uh and, and like, like get to the overlook because he's like in florida and so he's going to the overlook which is in colorado which is gonna take a while and i love how he just gets there and it's like yes dick he's here and he has like the snow uh like the machine that you can go on the snow so they can get out of there because jack's already like going trying to kill them and then he gets in there and as soon as he gets in there just like an axe to the chest and i love like the music cue it's so fucking terrifying and i never know where he's like jack's gonna be because just this is like calm walking and then he has this weird scream where it's like cuts to like uh it cuts to danny's like scream open mouth face because he's hiding and it's just like ah fuck dick no dick Mm -hmm. you just got here oh and then and then it shows that shot of where danny is just down that corridor and you just see danny book it and then the (laughs) the score just goes and you're oh 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 Chills. yeah, that's that's when you get the my favorite the the Danny's from Jack like <laughs> Danny Danny boy <laughs> he's just like Danny limping boy. chasing after him Danny boy <laughs> oh Danny boy um, <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta say uh, when Jack says that uh, that Wendy is a fond advocator of horror films and and hauntings i think i think he was wrong because she seemed to have no interest or any tolerance at all for that sort of stuff yeah yeah she she was she is unnerved throughout a lot of this it's oh man it's funny i see shelly duvall in in this movie and i feel like sad but also i'm like damn you're 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 great uh your fear like i can't imagine how fucked up this movie must have made you and like i I saw like a behind the scenes thing of just uh for the axe into the door scene Mm -hmm. um 
like the here's Johnny. Uh, I saw like <laughs> just Jack Nicholson kind of just like like jogging in place, getting himself all revved up, and he picks up the axe to just like start practice swinging it. And like this guy with headphones is just like one of the crew members. <laughs> he thank God he looked because he was like, oh shit, because <laughs> like he swung it and on the back when he went backwards with the axe, it was like, oh shit you might kill me and he's like oh fuck all right he's in the zone obviously so i'm not gonna fuck this up but i (laughs) i i I love that scene too uh that i mean maybe i don't know there's so many iconic things probably here's johnny but also as a kid which i always quoted was the uh the red rum 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 Red rum, red rum, red rum, red rum, red rum, red rum, red rum takes the cake when it comes to to the to the iconic quotes, and honestly, writing red rum as well in the way he writes it, it's just it's always been a thing at this point. Yeah, it's like with a like it's written correctly, and then it's like, nah, I'm gonna have a backwards D, not backwards R, because I'm <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> and I love the yeah the reveal. Uh, like, well, one is just like he's getting louder with the red rum, and he wakes up Wendy, and it's like he has a knife. Like, what's going on, man? And then like she <laughs> takes him, and then that's when you see in a reflection this is murder. And I remember as a kid, I was like, oh shit, no murder! And then <laughs> then that's it, like another music cue because this movie's amazing and then that's when it cuts to jack and then he just starts chopping down the door uh and i love that like this movie's edited so well and that is just an excellently edited uh few seconds and yeah when he's breaking down the uh the second door when like danny's gone shelly's there like i love Shelly Duvall's terror scream and we're just Uh like in the bathroom looking at her and we're also outside the bathroom with Jack as he's just chopping this door down and she's just like That's exactly that's exactly what I was talking about earlier when I said that that was real terror. That was real fear. Yeah, you could just you could t- you could feel it. You could just feel the tension, and uh, and then Jack's <laughs> Jack's uh, honey, I'm home. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> honey, I'm home. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's funny because I always wonder like if um if uh what's his name if Dick came later. I guess Shelly probably would have been killed because I mean, she cut his hand, but like he probably, he would have just kept coming. I, I, I doubt that. I mean, maybe she would have stabbed him, but I feel like he still would have got her, which is, uh, I mean, movie timing, of course, but great yeah. timing uh, on Dick. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I don't know how fast he was driving, but thank God he got there when he did. Cause I love how they both hear it. So it's like, Oh, thank God. A little Thank bit of God a break. Dick was there to sacrifice himself. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> is like, hey, anybody? He's like, anybody home? <laughs> like, he's just such a nice guy. He's just he's just trying to save them. But he should have known, right? Like, I feel like he should have used his shining to be like, hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know. This kid just shining called me. 
maybe shit's not right. I'm not going to be like, hello. <laughs> That's, I'm going to be like, quiet. And just like, I'm going to look around. Anyone around? No, no, that's okay. All right. Oh, shit, Jack. And then, yeah, <laughs> I die. <laughs> oh, I love, fuck. I love the tie-ins. Um, one of, honestly, one of my favorite parts is the, the tie-ins between the shines that Danny has with the elevator and the iconic elevator blood oh, scene. Yeah. Um, and the way it all ties in at the end in like a perfect way. Like, at, again, editing edited beautifully <laughs> just beautifully and that elevator blood scene yeah oh that gosh. that's another one of those iconic shots that also just like freaked me out i was like what the fuck where like as a kid i was like where where's where's this blood coming from it takes it all man it it takes it takes you with the score it takes you with there's just the 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 sheer grand scale of the shot itself and the disturbingness of the fact that it is like an ocean of blood just coming out of an elevator yeah it reminds me of uh <laughs> early uh earlier in the film um or i guess probably in the middle of the film um it's been like the like the murder and blood when jack's having that like nightmare um and then <laughs> uh wendy wakes him up and then, because this is the point I would have left, because if things already feel weird at this point, and then that's when Jack says, "I dreamed that I killed you and Danny, that I chopped you into little pieces." <laughs> that's not something you stay for. That that's when you fucking go. That's when yeah, you lock yeah, them up, yeah, yeah. knock <laughs> them out. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be that is yep. That's your moment of escape. Yeah, I was like um what especially i don't know because i don't know shelly if he told shelly about um what happened there like what like what um with the um, oh my god just said his name earlier with um uh grady i don't know if like he told her i mean terrible communicator jack so i doubt it um, I heavily doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Especially she might not want to go if like she knew that. So she's she's probably yeah, she's in the dark the entire movie. Like she knows nothing. <laughs> like Danny has the shining, he knows where it should happen in the past. Jack is being told shit and shown shit that's now here and not there. It's fucking weird. Shelly's just like, I'm just trying to be a mom and a good wife. Uh <laughs> that's so hard to ask. Um <laughs> yeah oh gosh shelly wendy but oh wendy. honestly they are both the same they're wendy. both tortured like the, there's a lot there's a fine line between shelly and wendy at this point and yeah you know what they are the same person <laughs> yeah i bet i bet shelly lights a cigarette the same and i bet she also her favorite weapon is a bat a baseball bat but not a normal bat a skinny bat <laughs> yeah well skinny bat uh bat light baseball bat. light um, when you're not really feeling like waving some big wood, here's some little wood. <laughs> uh, what, how about how about that ending though? What are your thoughts on what was going on in the very end? And I'm speaking the last shot. Ah, uh, yes, it was July 4th, uh, 1921, and he's in. Yeah, um, because I, <laughs> I think because that's a good question 
because if Dr. Sleep didn't exist, I might answer this question differently because I know like at the end of the shining book, the hotel burns down and Mm -hmm. the shining movie is a sequel to the book slash the movie. And since the didn't burn down the film, uh, we see that the overlook hotel is boarded up in, uh, well, at some point in Dr. Sleep, don't want to spoil Dr. Sleep, but, um, so because I think it's just like one of those things like, oh shit, uh, his soul, obviously, like, I think his soul was taken into the hotel and I guess somehow it was physically manifested into the picture as well, uh, which is strange. Um, because I remember there was a, God, what movie was that? I hated it. Uh, the Nun, Yeah which sucks Um, (laughs) because there's a scene in the nun because the movie's ass yeah it's awful because a scene in the nun where like this guy falls this preacher falls into uh like dirt so basically it's like the ghost spirit demon i don't fucking know the demon like dug up uh, a little grave and then somehow and then he falls into it and then it instantly covers him and i'm like what uh it doesn't make any sense but and it's not like you know in your mind because then the people the other people characters come later and they're looking for him and then it's just like oh shoot he's covered up and he's buried in his coffin and i'm like wait but that physically can't happen right because usually it's like they can control stuff but like they don't change reality usually i think in these kind of movies so i bring it up because i guess you know because you know you see him in this picture frame on the wall in the overlook so obviously you know obviously it's a film and things can be like representative like metaphors and blah 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 so i guess i just take it as yeah his soul was you know taken into the overlook and i guess he's also in the picture i don't think personally it means like that he existed uh in the past as well um it's weird it's weird yeah, i mean it's definitely a weird ending i mean I, that would that's pretty much the way that i would sum it up as well i mean that's kind of the only way you can take it yeah um well, because, you know, because if you go too deep into it and then you end up thinking, oh, so Jack Torrance was always at the Overlook, like, and he's been there and, you know, he's now, um, like, oh, I almost just spoiled the boys for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no boys <laughs> Almost made a boys here. reference. Almost made a boys reference. I'm sorry, guys. But, um, yeah, I don't think, I don't believe that, that, you know, that, that he was around back then or anything like that. Um I've I've heard theories about like you know reincarnation and stuff like that. I mean, of course, people are going to throw around some theories like this, but um, I think you yeah you stated it pretty well and pretty much like he was accepted into the Overlook, his soul itself, and you know I guess the essence of Jack Torrance is now a part of the Overlook, which means he's a part of the crew. <laughs> you know, you got the room two three seven lady you got like all that that's all just part of the crew of the overlook hotel spirits yeah the um oh yeah we almost forgot about the uh the bear dog costume guy <laughs> with, <laughs> yep, yep. We forget about that? <laughs> i don't know how we forgot about it but we yeah. did uh, maybe because it's only like a two second 
<laughs> two second just glimpse and yeah that's the end of that <laughs> that's the end yeah. of that it's like it's over another one of my favorite shots actually is the shot of uh jack he's like looking at like the maze miniature and then i don't even know how to do this like i i don't get it another one miniatures hereditary ah like they do oh hereditary. They <laughs> we can't get into it we can't get into we it we can't we can't We'll get but, stuck. But uh <laughs> but like they I don't know how they do it, but yeah, he's looking at like the um like the maze and the miniature, and then it cuts to like the miniatures like directly underneath the camera, but it's Shelly Duvall and Danny very small walking. Like I don't know how they do it, but it's amazing. It, it's amazing. I mean, I don't even know if I can call it I don't I don't know if that's a transition, but like it is literally amazing the fact that it just shows it shows you this perfectly made maze just sitting in the that was the Colorado lounge i believe just sitting there yeah yeah and like you just see as danny and uh wendy are walking in the maze i would like the fact of how good it worked like how well it worked i don't know what they did or how they did it <laughs> honestly i'm on the same i'm in the same boat as you like i don't understand but i know the brilliance of it yeah there's uh that, honestly that that should be like <laughs> the title of a book about the shining like i don't understand but i love the brilliance of it <laughs> yeah yeah yep that yep a lot of shots i'm just like i don't i don't know how they did this or i mean because I, I do, I mean, obviously, because we're doing it under horror month, like, I consider this a horror movie, but some people just, some people put this in, like, that weird, um, is it a horror movie uh, type, uh, like, grouping that I feel like people do, like, sometimes with uh, Silence of the Lambs. Like, some people think it's a horror movie, some people don't. It's, it's weird. I, like, for that movie in particular, I do count it, uh, as um a horror movie but if someone said i think it's like a thriller instead i a hundred percent can understand like easily like easily but um i'm trying to think of other movies but yeah like you because obviously we're doing it so you you also count uh the shining as a horror movie through and through yeah yep i i'll count the shining however i don't know if i'd count silence of the lambs um, but I mean, the shining and, and sounds of the lambs are very, they're very different in terms of horror aspects, you know, I mean, like it's more alluded to in the shining than it is in sounds of the lambs. Sounds of the lambs kind of just feels like, I mean, it's amazing. I fucking love sounds of the lambs, but, um, it does, you know, kind of generally feel like a, a crime movie more. Mm, interesting yeah i i see what you mean uh with like, i mean yeah, yeah with claris <laughs> hello claris <laughs> <laughs> i ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice canty <laughs> i mean it's 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 definitely it's definitely great but uh, creepy performances yeah <laughs> oh oh yeah where where would you say uh danny lloyd ranks on best all-time kid performances pretty high up there because he was young he was very young um 
I'm trying to think of honestly some other younglings that that had such a great performance like that. I mean, there are quite a few. Can we count like what what age group are we talking about? Are we talking Danny's age group because like sure. a child actor could be Lucas Hedges in Manchester by the Sea. I mean, yeah, he was young. I mean, he was young and he was fucking phenomenal in that movie. I I loved him. But uh, yeah, you because usually it's weird when I think of children, I, I feel like I usually think preteen, even though technically, yeah, you're a child under 18. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you have more life experience, obviously. So I feel like you can yeah. be better as an actor, and it's like less impressive, obviously, than if you're like 12, like like Linda Blair yeah, yeah, and yeah, The yeah. Exorcist. Like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd uh, I definitely put Danny up there, Danny Lloyd's portrayal of Danny Torrance was just insane for a kid that age you know even like like I said the improv of the finger as Tony that like that's that's huge in the movie (laughs) like that is huge tell me when you are ever quoting Danny that you are not well should I say quoting Tony you are not doing it with your finger because you are you can't tell me what I do with my finger John I can, and I know that it is that. <laughs> Damn it. Red Rom. <laughs> Red Rom. <laughs> Danny's uh, no longer here, Mrs. Torrance. Fucking terrifying. He's just like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill my husband, and I'm going to leave. I'm going to say Jack killed you, and I'm going to find <laughs> someone who treats me right, because Fuck you, creepy motherfuckers. And who could teach me how to light a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that was like her character, just like Shelly Duvall. Like, I, it's like the one thing I can't do. I, I, I'm. <laughs> it's like the Light 30, 15. I just, it's not getting better, Stanley. Do it's it. like lighting a cigarette and like lighting a cigarette and room 237. Those are my two bugaboos. Yeah. <laughs> two bugaboos. <laughs> so my two bugaboos oh, but man. i will gladly sit here and read catcher in the rye so do you have any final thoughts on the masterpiece of the shining honestly and that's that right there is it it is a masterpiece done by stanley kubrick beautifully cinematography john alcott just absolutely stunning honestly the whole movie just unique in its own way super ahead of its time greatest most inspiring horror films of all time i uh i agree with everything you said i don't use the big m which is what i like to call a masterpiece a lot just because a lot of times i'm like ah, i mean as i get older i'll see more films so i feel like i have like a better opinion because i've seen more things and because there's a lot of people uh i have as friends who kind of like everything you know and yeah it's it's nice that you find joy or something positive in every film but i i think and yeah art is all subjective like if you hate the shining like it's you're right like i mean i don't understand yeah. it but i mean there's tons of films that you know you like don't like but everyone else loves and it's just a connection issue sometimes but for me, I think there is a strong distinction and really you know that by watching all different types of films from different time periods and different countries, I feel, um, that make films different. And when you watch a film that's 
supposedly at least like considered by the majority bad versus a movie that's um not only like inspirational uh groundbreaking uh just expertly done in every department i think that kind of what constitutes the word masterpiece i mean i don't think the shining has a misstep i think everything in here is there for a reason things directed written shot edited acted uh the set design all is just amazingly expertly done and i don't think there's a horror film out there to me that hits every level i mean that's what happens when you get stanley kubrick and when you get an auteur in there it really Mm -hmm. changes the game on what you can and uh cannot do in a horror film because i feel like when you're making a film that uh is almost about the drama more than it even is the horror uh i think that somehow makes your film just a little bit better so yeah i think this is one of the few films i'll give that masterpiece status to easily and i am happy that we talked about this today me too and you know I think what we should do to really close this off right is on the count of three, say, fuck room 237. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, bro. All right. One, two, three. Fuck, fuck room, room 237. 237. <laughs> yeah. And fuck uh, making out with rotting, decaying old women. Oh, nasty. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, that was... uh. That was the first episode of our uh, podcast. <laughs> you can't, you can't handle, handle the genre. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was fun. I, I hope uh, that if you listen this far, you liked it. Um, we will be doing some, we'll be doing the show every week. So, you know, keep an eye out. Uh, we should be everywhere. You can listen to podcasts. You should, we should be, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, I believe all over the planet uh anywhere you can listen to podcasts we will be there um if you're if you like the show or are interested in seeing if we do a better job next week if you're that if you're judging us um you can follow us uh on instagram and twitter at can't genre pod should have like the link in the description um john can they follow you anywhere uh you can follow my letterboxd uh, that is about the only good thing I have in terms of social media at Johnny Octagon 99. Gotcha. And that how is you, how, Johnny with two N's and Octagon with an A. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell Octagon. <laughs> I was going to say, for those illiterate people like myself, who will probably have to like look up how to spell Octagon. I'm just joking. I, I know how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> just like i i knew it the whole time yeah yeah (laughs) yeah you can follow me on letterbox i do do reviews i mean pretty much every time i see a new movie it has been covid so there hasn't been much um if you care at all i will be probably uploading a tenant review after october 9th oh shit son (laughs) uh and you can follow me at indagle mcleod on instagram and twitter uh, you can also follow me on Letterbox at Indegua45. I also 
post a lot of reviews, um, try to be pretty consistent. I just use it honestly. It's just a great uh, platform. And if, oh, yeah, if you don't know what Letterboxd is, um, it's basically like a, a social media platform for film lovers, movie lovers, where you can interact with friends, you can follow people, you can post reviews, uh, you can rate movies, you can make lists, uh, you can like what people write, like lists, everything like that. Um, and, and there's, you know, some people just log what they do. They don't rate anything. And that's fine, too. Like, you know, there's some filmmakers on there. Uh, you can just keep track of what you're doing. Uh, it's a very fun place. Uh, yeah, it's I recommend it. <laughs> I wish we were sponsored by Letterboxd, but we are not, at least for now. So, yeah. No, we're just trying to be. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're trying to be. Um, next week, we will give you a hint what we're doing. Uh, doing a film uh, by maybe, uh, John, the greatest horror director of all time? Uh, I'd have to simply probably agree with you. <laughs> uh, he, it's, uh, it's, it's a film. Uh, it has some sequels. Maybe it's been remade. We'll we'll uh, we'll leave you with that. Let's just say it's pretty iconic, just like The Shining. Didn't come out that far from The Shining. Yes, that is the final hint for this week. Um, all right, yeah. Thank you so much for listening, and tune in next week for the continuation of Horror Month and the continuation of You Can't Handle the Genre. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you, and have a great rest of your week.